All right, welcome to the Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelcheck, and we're here with Craig Adolf. Craig, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Good. Alert. Alert. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. You have a good sleep last night? Yeah. Did we? Well, during the day, mostly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Craig is my roommate and has actually worked with Olivia as well at at the Manitoban. Worked above. He was my <laughs> boss. <laughs> was he a good boss? Oh, excellent boss. Yeah. Are you just saying that because he's right in front of you? Well, he's not my boss anymore, so I don't have to. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, so you could actually be brutally honest. Yeah. yeah. That's I awesome. I don't like we call it a liar on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one thing. We're yeah. just starting up. Yeah, fair enough. So, Craig, <laughs> what was your position at the Manitoban? Uh, well, at the time, I was... Uh, editor-in-chief but before that I was news editor and managing editor for a bit too so I was there for like three years total and I'm still on the board and uh, volunteer every now and then how is that so like in a position like that you're obviously managing quite a few people Olivia being one of them how were you able to juggle that uh pretty uh you just sort of like ruin all other aspects of your life you know you (laughs) you just just live for the paper for two years and then you know you you wake up one day from a coma state and uh yeah you're no longer there yeah no No, i mean but uh, yeah it's joking aside it's it is pretty intense like the the student papers like the big ones across the country like the manitoban is one of them obviously and they have like a lot going on like you're trying to get stuff out sometimes daily online like a weekly paper uh like wrangling a pretty large staff of like part-time sort of volunteers and staff uh and so it can be kind of intense i guess yeah yeah i can imagine you're just like you not like i wouldn't say babysitting but you're essentially like do you have to check up on a lot of people like hey did you do this did you make sure like to not forget about this aspect or do you have people helping you well that's i mean that's part of the nature of like the student papers like people are (laughs) are sort of doing this on top of most of them have another job and they're going to school full-time and then like that's not including like any sort of social life they're trying to have on the side so like the nature of it is a lot of stuff gets sort of left by the wayside and you just you're sort of like bad and clean up and trying to are you're trying to clean up behind people when they inevitably like make mistakes or or sort of drop something because it's just sort of too much going on um and that's like i don't say that as like a diss it's like you know i was a section editor before that and so i was in the same position right and so you're just you're the last sort of line of defense for edits for making sure content gets out that sort of thing like production uh one year we were a little bit better for time but like one year we were regularly like leaving the office at like 2 a.m every week so wow like five yeah like 5 p.m to 2 a.m like in the office editing and uh and like just getting the paper ready like the layout and stuff (laughs) and uh and that's like coming off of like two days of editing like just hardcore from home so it's kind of like a intense process yeah so you had a position as an editor is there a mistake that you would always make without fail just something that uh, like I, f- 
fuck that up again. Oh, am I? Are we a swearing podcast? I think if it's tasteful and oh. <laughs> and appropriate, like we don't want to be dropping the F's and the S's all over the place. Okay, shall I reword or shall we bleep it? Let's do the bleep because I think it'll sound cooler. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Is there something that you always miss when you're writing? Um, I'm I'm a decent editor, I'd say, but um, my one thing I used to always mess up was like, well, not always, but like one of the worst things I had was like uh, commas. So I was always pretty bad with like, you know, missing putting in commas or like putting in one too many or like stuff in commas that probably didn't need it. Uh, so I, luckily for me, like I usually had pretty decent like copy editors and managing editors who were like better than me for both of those so or for both of them were better than me for that so it was just sort of like yeah another another nice thing about that team environment is like other people are able to cover for your weak spots and you can sort of help them with stuff you're good at so yeah even though those were that's something i messed up a lot that team environment sort of saved me in a lot of spots so okay um we keep jumping forward how did you initially get started with the manitoban uh like totally randomly like i I was someone who liked the news a lot when I was younger, like in high school, I was, you know, I'd follow politics and read the newspaper and stuff and yeah, like try to stay up on stuff. But, um, I wasn't like looking that as a career path or anything. Um, and then a friend of mine got on as the news editor and, uh, just told me like, you know, they're still looking for another news editor. Actually, if you want to come on staff at the paper, like apply. And so I did and got on pretty like pretty quick turnaround sort of went from not knowing about the paper to like being staff so uh yeah it was really fun like and immediately after starting like our first week I was like trying to figure out how the you know the UMSU insurance plan and like uh international student like acceptance rates and stuff work for different faculties and and university like my first week I was thrown into some like pretty heavy news content that I didn't understand and was like trying to figure out very fast so yeah it went from like not knowing about the paper to like very in-depth research in the span of like two weeks yeah so what is your background uh at the university like what did you take your degree in uh so I did my yeah my undergrad in like sociology um and just sort of focused on like environmental issues like a long time my undergrad when I was first getting started I was just sort of floating around sort of interested in social sciences and like sociology uh, psych and that sort of thing and uh, by the end of it I sort of got involved in like volunteering and community activism a lot more and uh, started focusing on like environmental sociology sociology and um, looking at like not economics like hard in a hard way but just um sort of where economics and poli sci and sociology sort of intersect so yeah that's sort of what i'm into <laughs> just a few of the things that you're yeah, into. yeah yeah no I, well i mean they, it's one of those things where it's like if you you know read about any one topic from a sociolo- sociological perspective long enough you end up like reading into you know economics or poli sci right like it's all sort of different views on the same sort of subject matter so so do you find all of that education helped you become a better editor? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the only thing it's been good for. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. I, I say that sort of a, just like an art student jab at myself. But um, yeah, like that sort of education, it's not it doesn't necessarily translate to like sociology is not like a 
professional other than if you're teaching sociology uh there's not a lot of like professional applications outside of like really broad skill sets like just having a clear understanding of sort of cause and effect and um being able to understand like social research or or statistics or i don't know that sort of stuff right like um and then you do just pick up like a soft skill set you know like Journalism is something that I think kind of comes out of that naturally, but there's still a lot of other skills you have to pick up, like technical interviewing skills or writing skills. Hopefully you're picking up some in school, but yeah, you, you, there's it does help a lot, but um, it's one of those like generalized things that, that can help with a lot of stuff, but is not itself the training, you know? That's okay. my experience. Do you have any stories that you were proud of like this is good stuff like from the manitoban from the manitoban yeah um yeah i mean i honestly i'm sure there's like dozens of like stuff things i was really proud of i got to interview propaganda which is cool what like as a volunteer while you were editing yeah um, that was great yeah that was that was fun um <laughs> when i went to interview them like one thing i i try to do in the interviews is um like try to set it up so that like there's a narrative for the the viewer or reader or listener after the fact so like asking a lot of basic questions to sort of get information that you can build that narrative for the reader with so it's like it's not like i'm going in and asking the the most pressing questions on my mind but you're trying to get them to say the stuff that you need to sort of set up the article or the the video or audio later you know and uh so like doing that I got the feeling that like they thought I had like never heard of them before because it's like so you guys are into politics right like you guys <laughs> would you say you're like into left politics and stuff and they're like well yeah that's like our thing right but but yeah it's just sort of like setting that framing and and uh yeah it was just kind of funny because I'm sure they thought I had like no idea who they were sort of thing uh <laughs> yeah so I don't know that was a fun experience um but yeah, just lots like so many, because I, I was there pretty like pretty heavily involved for like three years and uh, and like really in the thick of it, and so there's just so many things that I can't even, you know, think of that are I was so proud of over that time. It's kind of hard to pick one or two really. So it might be hard to pick your favorite. Yeah, but there's got to be one moment not embarrassing but maybe like a time where you like oh like i totally botched this or like oh yeah no i do you have one that comes to mind um a single one that's also hard uh (laughs) i am sure that i had stuff go into like the front page and teasers that were just like spelled incorrectly like i've definitely had stuff on the front page of the paper that was spelled wrong do people point that out often uh you don't get a lot of like complaints from the public like even i'm sure even people who like notice they just sort of like go huh you know that's that's kind of embarrassing but it's not like they're sending you letters of complaints over like a misspelling you know um yeah and i've had i've oh there was a bad one once where like I think I was managing editor at the time and I wrote an article and interviewed someone and like somewhere after me in the editing process, like I interviewed this woman and somewhere after in the editing process, someone had like changed it to from like she said to he said without like checking with me. And I guess they just assumed the name was like a male name. 
and that I don't know why you'd assume like a she is a typo that's supposed to be he without knowing but they did and changed it and I was just like so embarrassed for the fact that like I wrote down that like this woman I spoke to was a he in the newspaper and uh, yeah I just felt really bad that that got through but oh. so uh, do you ever write a story where you or someone will publish a story that you will get a lot of feedback on like that might be a controversial topic yeah I mean uh, oh boy we've like uh, um sort of like cultural student opinion pieces are are often big things so yeah. like stuff about like um you know controversy over like the student like women's only uh hours at the gym or like anything that's like people can call the newspaper like fake news or like a leftist rag over they like they love to sort of get themselves all fueled up over that which is which is not always bad you know get those those comments and shares going so yeah yeah, yeah. like <laughs> no publicity is bad publicity right uh well i wouldn't go that far but um, <laughs> but uh it's still you know like you want to be causing a stir a little bit like not for this not for no reason but um it is good to get people like talking about issues so yeah, it's, I don't know. You don't want to be like a, a pointless provo- you know, provocateur, but um, but our, your role is to sort of like facilitate debate and, and discussion. So it's not always a bad thing to have people, you know, flipping out and and uh, getting sort of upset about <laughs> whatever the issue of the day is. Yeah. So how do you uh, navigate when you get those types of negative comments or someone is something that you've sourced and you know is fact and someone's saying like that's bullshit like they're coming in and you're just like no this is not do you just ignore those things or how do you um so it, it depends a little bit like on uh, social media i've i've often been like a heavy abstainer so if someone you know leaves a comment on an article on facebook saying like you know this is garbage this is uh this is nonsense blah 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 I just tend to leave those things alone and let people sort of vent however they feel like it um but if someone like emails the paper or whatever and has a complaint like I I actually go I used to go out of my way to be like really in-depth in how I respond to those so there'd be people complaining about an article uh say in the news section and just explain you know how we know what we know are to the you know assuming it's not something that's like confidential or whatever right like a Anyways, but, uh, you know, like try to be clear about what the contents of the story are. Um, and I think that's important because like regularly you see people like totally misinterpret what a news article says. Like they will just read the headline and are like read the article. So they like they clearly have some understanding of it, but like totally misinterpret what it actually says. Um, so there'd be, you know, umsu controversial, like umsu stories about like some argument with CFS or some sort of like internal drama and people would like read it and like be saying stuff in the comments that are just like totally factually inaccurate to what the actual article says. So yeah, I don't know, try to correct it as much as possible, but like some people are just, you know, their reading comprehension is not super high. Or they are just like in a rage fueled sort of like typing frenzy when they do that and they don't sort of like take in information the right way, I guess. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. You just sort of like try to be polite and, and sort of clear about what's going on. Yeah, it's, it is like it is a like a public paper too. Like it is funded through student fees. So you have to sort of treat it differently than you would if it was sort of like 
my paper that I could do absolutely anything I wanted with. Um, you know, like in terms of taking feedback, in terms of like not, you know, there's lots of people who I would love to have just like left a trolley response to, but it's sort of like there's a different sort of sense of accountability when it's your you sort of your creative project entirely versus like uh, a public sort of institution. Um, yeah, I think that I might have been like getting off the rails with my response already. Though. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we invite. Um, so south of the border, obviously, fake news is a huge epidemic that's growing, <laughs> and it's it's leaking over into Canada. Like you'll yeah. see the phrase pop up quite often. How important is it to have not only journal journalistic institutions, mm-hmm. but more importantly, on campus, having a paper that'll represent student issues? Like, how important is that? Um, there are times when it absolutely is important. A lot of the time, it's just sort of like quiet time and. Um you're not even when you're causing a stir a lot of the the power of like a newspaper or like a media outlet is just sort of like shaming an institution or like someone in a position of power to do the right thing like there's times where if you you know like in the states you see in south of the border like you said um you know you can you can do something to sort of uh write what people in a position of power are doing right like with trump and if they're just like gonna lie about it full out and not be embarrassed or just you know absolutely ignore the public's will actually there's not a lot that a newspaper is going to effectively do right um for something like that it's sort of like political organizing beyond the paper but but you can play a role in sort of informing people so they they care about getting organized or are they know what the issues are the specifics of an issue if there's a lot of research that's been done but um so i don't know i I don't want to like overemphasize the power of a newspaper or or the media in general because i think it's over assumed what power it actually has uh but there's definitely a role and i think i don't want to like minimize it either it's it's sort of like one tool among many just to like implement social change that's how i sort of view it um you can sort of put content out there and information out there and it doesn't like that it can't end there if you want to actually accomplish anything uh although you just can't be the one person you know you need different people in different points in the sort of social change production line to get something done so you put out the best information you can and sort of hope that there's someone ready to pick that up and run with it yeah a fantastic response and this is what you're writing your thesis about too right yeah it's loosely kind yeah. of the same ever so slowly um (laughs) well that's it's more um just like working conditions for journalists was my was my chosen thesis topic so like uh how how journalists are being sort of squeezed in the current era in terms of uh you know what they're expected to do with what time what the pay is like uh and and a lot of that is just because like uh there's there's a massive sort of like consolidation of media in canada and the states especially um and so you see that with like when it, you know the free press being one of the only independent papers in the country right now um they had like a couple i think it's a month or two back now they had like that the tour star uh, post media newspaper swap where they traded each other a bunch of community papers just to shut them down so they wouldn't have competition for each other in specific markets so it's sort of like voluntary monopolies uh like you see with like internet providers in the states or uh, service providers in the states so um, that's one of the big things, the decline in uh, print advertising revenue and online revenue sort of not making up for that for every like 
dollar you lose in print advertising revenue, you're you're getting maybe like 10 cents or something, 10, 15 cents in online revenue. And that affects like student papers as well as the sort of big institutional papers in, in Canada and again around the world. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's more the focus of what I was doing for research, but um, yeah, it's it's more looking at working conditions than sort of the content of the paper, although the content of the paper suffers a lot too, right? Like when you when you go from like a 10-person news team to like a one or two-person news team covering like news in a city, uh, you're not going to be doing investigative pieces. You're basically like press release chasing. And uh, so I don't know. I think a lot of this, like the news media as an institution is being hollowed out in a pretty devastating way. Um, people are going to see that the, the papers still exist at least for a while and and uh, they're not going to realize that there's like even though you might have like you know the same amount of pages which you already don't for content like the content is that much more vapid you just don't have time to do like investigative pieces or look into stuff that you you know people don't want you to look into you're basically just getting a press release from the conservatives or the NDP and sort of writing it up and getting a, a comment from them and the other political party as opposed to like looking into stuff on the ground um same goes for like institutions like the university or hydro or whatever it is you might you know school boards or whatever you might want to look into like their annual budget you might want to like talk to people on the ground and you just don't have the resources to do that in a way that actually leads to like good investigative stories anymore so yeah people are going to realize pretty soon i think that those institutions are basically just like shells at some points that you know you could write from home without doing any sort of grassroots or uh shoe, what is it shoe leather journalism that sort of thing <laughs> and uh and i don't know you know by the time that they realize that i don't know what we can do about it so my big thing is i think we're going to need some sort of uh publicly funded journalism in the province I think um, CBC is great, but uh, it's sort of you can't put all your your uh, eggs in one basket. And so I think like at some point the province or the city maybe like together should look at uh, probably the province should look at like some sort of consideration of whether they can bail out the free press because, you know, I don't know how much longer the sun will stay around and the free press is probably, hot, you know, hot on their tails. So. That's my theory anyways, we'll see. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, we won't keep you for too much longer. We're gonna kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Um, one very important pressing question I'd like to ask. Um, how have I been as a roommate so far? <laughs> like, uh, am I clean? Yeah, no, okay. I, I've lived with a couple other people and like you're the you're the cleanest for sure. Okay. I, I, you know, I feel a little bad. Like my, I try to keep my mess contained to my room. No, no, you're, you're, yeah. you're clean too. Yeah. yeah. Like most times I don't even notice if you've like done anything. Like I'll come <laughs> in and I'm like, did he, like, I hope he ate. <laughs> I don't see any dishes. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I usually, yeah, I, I, I use the machine a bit, but a lot of the time I'll just like have like a single bowl and a cup or something. And so I'll just do them by hand. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, the roommate situation's good. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that wasn't like terrible, a terrible review on my part to end off the no. podcast. <laughs> um, no. but no, thank you, Craig, uh, for being on the podcast today. We really appreciate it mm -hmm. and your views on journalism and how the industry is going. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend someone become an editor or take <laughs> your position? Do you, would you recommend that? 
Uh, if they want to, that's the thing. Like, if you if you're passionate about it, like it's it's such a fun job and like so hard to leave because like you get so invested and so involved in the paper. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where if you want to, it's like the best thing in the world. And if you don't want to, then you probably shouldn't. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. And hopefully, someone wants to. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll end it off there. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you.